It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Braves reporter, Mark Bowman. And Mark, another tough week for the Braves. They've lost five in a row here heading into Tuesday. Um, there's also some issues as far as injuries go and, the, and, and that sort of thing. Williams Perez, uh, tricep soreness. He left in the fifth inning on Monday. What's the latest on, on Perez? Well, we'll find out more within, you know, not necessarily today, maybe within the next two days to see how he recovers. The, the initial hope was that it was simply cramping. Uh, but at the same time, the reason he called for the trainer to come to him out is he's, he's dealt with tendonitis in his shoulder in the past. and Just kind of feeling some tingly is basically the way he described the sensation, uh, a tingly sensation near the top of his uh, arm just, felt it was too close to the shoulder, and hey, look, he was probably only going to last without a batter anyhow. Uh, It wasn't a good start. He started to feel a little odd there in the fourth inning when he gave up a home run uh, to Solarte, a three-run home run on a bad curveball. So uh, he's been pretty good for the the Braves this year. I've even talked to my old uh, interns out here in San Diego, and Says, oh, Williams Perez is on the mound tonight. And I said, hey, he's been better. He said, all you did was bash him all last summer. <laughs> and I said, well, I didn't see the potential that I've seen this year. But, uh, <laughs> you know, so you, they, they certainly don't want to lose, lose him. Uh, if, if they do, they hope it's just a two-week thing. But, hey, look, they, they just lost Fultonovich on Friday to a, because of a bone spur in his elbow. They also think that's just a two-week thing. But uh, it, they're, they really were, felt good about their pitching their rotation when they left uh, exited May and uh, the, these first this first week of June certainly has not been kind. You mentioned Fulton Evich and I guess the good news there is when you initially hear that a guy has a sore right elbow and he's a guy that happens to throw 100 miles per hour you immediately worry about the possibility of it being a ligament issue and Tommy John surgery and all that stuff so the fact that there is no ligament damage is good news but it doesn't help them over the next two weeks. Right, right. I, I really think, you know, from what I could gather that day, they, they, they got those tests back. They were encouraged. At the same time, they respected Fulton Evans' decision to, to rest for a couple of weeks. It, it did feel like they, they left it up to him, uh, whether he wanted to try to uh, continue pitching through this. He did at least acknowledge hey, that there are plenty of pitchers that have had to learn how to pitch with a bone spur. Uh, it all depends on where it rests in that elbow, how much discomfort it's going to provide. So uh, you don't want him changing his mechanics, uh, altering his mechanics, and then suffering an, another injury, which would be obviously be much more, could be much more significant. So uh, it probably was the best thing to sit him down for two weeks. But, but for now, like you said, it, it, the good news is there's nothing structurally wrong within that elbow. 
Mark Casey Kelly up again, I guess, fitting against the Padres, a team that that he was once uh, a part of and once a top prospect in his time in San Diego. Of course, he's battled through so much, and he's not really the pitcher from a stuff perspective that he was once upon a time. But he's been up and down a little bit. Um, what is the upside of Casey Kelly at this point in his career? You know, he's probably a, a fifth starter at best and more likely a, a nice piece to have in the bullpen, a guy that, that could – uh, maybe work multiple innings, uh, you know, when when necessary. Uh, I, he was very. He had a very good start in Philadelphia. Probably would have gotten one more start, as you might remember. They they burned through their bullpen during that game against the Brewers three days later, and had to bring him in for four innings. So he's made just one start at Gwinnett since then. Uh, he pitched, you know, he pitched a, an inning and two thirds scoreless uh, when he came back. Uh, here this week uh, against the Padres, so I, I think that Kelly could be a really good piece. The problem is they, they have this carousel of relievers where you know they're they're having to go to that long guy so often they they end up using him and then sending him back down. I'd like to see Casey Kelly get a chance to pick. He's a really good guy, uh, and you know, hey, look, more importantly, he's been the most effective of those guys that have been part of that carousel so far. Yeah, and I know he's been a popular guy everywhere he's been, and every time he's been hurt and dealt with stuff, everybody kind of feels like, oh, why, why, why do the good guys? But um, uh, as far as the bullpen goes, uh, something we were talking about, I think, last podcast or maybe two podcasts ago was Tyrell Jenkins and, and his spot in this organization and where he would end up. He's the number eight prospect, and he's now been moved to the bullpen in the minors, and it seems like, Mark, that's a clear indication that they'd like to get some help from this guy at some point this season, right? You make him, you make the move to the bullpen. Um, it's, it seems like more of a short-term thing to get him into Atlanta sooner rather than later. Absolutely, absolutely. I think that, you know, if he once he gets used to pitching, you know, in relief uh, for a couple of weeks, and if he's effective, I, I do think he could be up, you know, certainly certainly before the All Star break. Um, he's a guy that he. While he's got, he's got a good fastball, pretty good curveball, which, from what I understand, has has gotten tighter here recently. They, um, but he's primarily a two pitch pitcher. They don't feel like that would work as a starter, uh, certainly not at the big league level. So they're going to go ahead and try and make this adjustment, see how he uh, performs within this transition to the bullpen. And uh, like you said, he he could be back up, or, or could be up. I'm sorry for the first time, uh, very soon. If they've thought um, that he's a bullpen guy long-term all along, I guess, why, why did it take so long to move him into that role? I think basically what what you do with a starting pitcher is, you know, you keep them, you know, you continue to stretch them out, allow them to develop as a starter, allow them to throw multiple innings, you know, at a time, develop that way with the hope that maybe they develop that third pitch at, at some point in time. You don't, you don't necessarily want to label a guy early in his career and, and be, let's let's remember, really, before last year, Tyrell had never pitched a full season. And, you know, he battled injuries. You know, the, had a shoulder issue with, when he was with the Cardinals. He comes over uh, to the Braves last year and pitches a full season. He's remained healthy uh, since he since he joined the Braves organization. So uh, he's still, you know, look at his age. Look, look when he got drafted. Just just remember, you know, that this guy has not uh, pitched a whole lot at the, at the minor league level and. Uh, you know, I, I think everyone has always seen him as a big leaguer. You just continue to develop him to see if he if he projects if you start to alter your projection and, and make him more of a starting pitcher 
Uh, but but now at this point in time, there's certainly a need to, to add some uh, to improve Atlanta's bullpen, and he's probably reached a stage in his career where he's got uh, he's had almost a full season's worth of starts at AAA level. You got a pretty good feel where he's going to be uh, when he gets to the big league level. The draft is coming up quickly now. It's Thursday, Friday, Saturday of this week. Mark, uh, coverage on MLB.com, also MLB Network. And this is another chance for this Braves team that's in rebuild mode rebuild mode to do a little more, to add more talent. And what an opportunity because Atlanta's got five of the first 80 picks, which is about as good a haul as, as far as picks go as any team in baseball. Uh, so John Hart, John Coppola have work to do. Um it also gives you a chance to be creative with that bonus pool. With all those picks, there's a lot of money to kind of spread around. Um, from the, from what you're hearing, um, that first pick is pretty high up. Obviously, a lot depends on which players are available, but are there any specific players that the Braves seem focused in on? Well, you, you talk about that bonus pool and the creativity that, that you can show or that, that you can uh, produce or however you want to say. Uh, with the guy that you pick at that level, you look at this draft. There, are, there's not a Bryce Harper, or Manny Machado available. There are some good college bats that they could take with that third pick. With that being said, I think that Kyle Lewis uh, or Corey Ray would be the two guys. I don't think you would want to necessarily use that third pick on Nick Senzel, who is a he's probably a, a, probably the most projectable of the college bats that are available, but. Uh, He's he's a guy that's going to provide you a lot of consistency. Maybe just not, maybe not big power numbers there uh, as a third baseman. So I don't think they would if he would be the guy. Let, let's say the if the draft starts, and I don't expect it to go this way, but let's say Lewis Lewis Rago one two. I, I think they would go to a high school arm at that point in time, and, and Riley Pint uh, or uh, Ian Anderson, I, I think, would be the picks. If, if I had to pick one right now. I'd, if I had to project where it's going to go, I'd say if, if Lewis is available, Lewis will go to limit third. If he's not, I think they may be tempted to go to Ian Anderson. With that being said, scouting, the scouting director, Brian Bridges, did acknowledge, hey, look, this system is filled with pitches. In order to get bats, we, you know, you keep, they keep talking about, hey, we don't have any bats in our system. He said, look, if you're going to get bats, you have to take them. So, um I do think that uh, if Lewis is available and possibly Ray, uh, one of those two guys will go there. But if not, they may go Ian Anderson. I kid you, they may be able to sign under slot, which would allow some creativity later in the draft with uh, guys who might fall because of signability issues. Yeah, and Kyle Lewis, I think, uh, he's a guy that if he didn't play college ball at Mercer, if he had ended up at a bigger school, people may be – not even questioning it, but I think there's a little doubt because of that, even though he did produce with the Wood Bats in the Cape Cod League. But I think he's a dynamic guy, an outfielder who, who they think can stick in center field, I think, and he has a little bit of everything. I think that's a great pick for Atlanta. Um, and with the bonus pool, one thing this high, this draft has is a lot of high school pitching with a lot of upside, and I feel like some of those high school pitchers, Mark, are going to drift into that second round. Maybe guys that are maybe top 15 talent are going to drift into that early second round. The Braves might be able to steal somebody later. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, look, they they, they they continue to say, hey, look, we, we would like to get bad, but at the same time, John Copalella has, has, has stressed, we are looking for high upside guys. They are not looking for some of the safe picks. If you go back and 
look at some of the Atlanta drafts uh, under the previous regime, uh, there were a lot of safe uh, picks. You, you go back in the first round of 2011, Sean Gilmartin. I mean, you know, it, there was never really much excitement about that pick. That was the 28th overall pick. Uh, and you basically ended up with a, with a guy that's a left-handed reliever who's really never stuck at the big league level for any extended period of time. But, but he's not a guy that, that you want to uh, you know, use that pick on. Jason Hirsch, uh, another safe pick. I think they will continue to, you know, while try to, to stockpile the system with, with some bats, they will try to get some high upside guys. Some of those guys, like you said, who may fall. Yeah, if you're gonna take, if you're gonna have superstar players, sometimes you got to roll the dice a little bit to get them. It'll be interesting to watch, Mark. Great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras Braves Edition for Mark Bowman. I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free AtBat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.